everybody. Welcome back to Garage Therapy. Today's going to be a little bit different and a little bit unconventional. Um, you know, I the other day, just to give you a quick little backstory, the other day I was watching some videos of my dad and one, a video of him uh, telling one of his favorite stories. And I was kind of laughing, crying, and was like, had the thought, I, I should just make this into a reel. It would be kind of funny. And then immediately following that thought came, well, my dad's not here to give me the permission to do it. Then following that thought came, my dad's not here to give me the permission to do it. I can do whatever I want. Which led me to remembering a speech, the speech talk given by his best friend of 40 years at his funeral. And feeling nostalgic. I have not gone, I hadn't gone back and listened to my dad's memorial service since I was there attending it. It's just not one of those things. You don't really think I'm going to go back and go listen to this, but I decided to. So I pulled up the, the recording and, and listened to this longtime family friends as my uncle, essentially, um, my uncle's talk. And there was so much in it that I felt it would be useful and so much wisdom and a, and a vibe that you can catch. You can feel it. You can feel this. And I, I texted Jim after listening to it and said, you know, I just listened to Rick's talk and I want to turn it into a podcast, but ethically and morally, morally, I can't put something this sacred to Rick, to my mom, to my siblings out in the open without talking to them first. So I reached out to my siblings and asked if they would be okay with us sharing this with you guys. And then I reached out to my mom and asked if she would be okay with us, with me sharing it with you. And then we reached out to Rick and asked if he would be okay with us sharing his words with you guys. And I hope you all, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I hope you all can understand this may is unconventional. It's a little weird, but I'm weird. You guys have understood that about me. Um, this is a very sacred thing for my family. And there's a lot in here that I hope you can feel. And I hope you understand. And I hope you pick up what's being put down. And uh, without further ado, this sacred gift from my family to yours, I'd like you to hear a story of, and the tale of two best friends. I'm happy to be here to help celebrate the life of my longtime friend. Along with the The last few days of his life, um, it was wonderful that he was lucid. He was able to think. He knew who his loved ones were. And the very last day, um, unexpectedly, I was expect I was asked to go in and be with the family, which was humbling, but a wonderful experience. Everybody thought it was kind of funny that while he was just talking, as he was preparing to go on his, on his way to the other side, and he says, now I want two people to talk to 
my funeral, and I thought he was crazy, but I heard my name. I was thinking, you know what, this is Lonnie's way of playing the last April Fool's joke on you. But that's not true. I can say anything that I want. I met Lonnie almost 40 years ago, up on the gentry. I was up there bow hunting. I'm twice the man as what I used to be, meaning I weigh half of what I do now. <laughs> Lonnie was the same. And, yeah, I met, met him up there with his roommate and longtime friend, Tim Hunt. And the two of them just kind of took me in. Now that's not normal. Like, you that are hunters know. You have a favorite place to go. You don't want other people there. We are very territorial. <laughs> the Lonnie and Tim took me in, and I've been forever grateful. Going on 40 years now. Now, traveling with Lonnie, you know, I, for some reason, he would always ask me to go camping, hunting, fishing, and for some reason, I always said yes. But it was because um, I just loved being with them. I loved being with all, with all of his family. There were lots of times when I was traveling, you know, going to and from camping, fishing, with just the two of us in the truck. Me always driving, because he can't see at night. And by the way, he hasn't been able to see the stars for many, many, many years. But during those trips, springtime allergies, I <laughs> But during the, the trip, I got to know about his family. I know a lot about each and every one of you. I know the names of his grandchildren that he loved and cherished. You know, Lonnie used to like to play football, or softball, and he had two hits. It's hard to believe that he would knock it out of the park all the time. He would just wind up and hit that ball and it would just go out. It was either that or else a pop-up. And it came out of orbit so far, that when it came down again, the infielders couldn't catch it. <laughs> so this is normally a, a whole run. But through Lonnie and his stories, I, I got to know all of his children. I got to know his grandchildren. I know that Patrick, or I should say Hannah, is perfect for Patrick. <laughs> same is true now, while, while they were dating, Patrick would, you know, start to elevate his voice and he would start to get irritated over something. Wise Hannah would just raise her eyebrows and say, Patrick? <laughs> and his response is, okay. <laughs> I knew about Corey and his first and only love, who he married. Amari's been a strength to, to the family. And because of 
Corey going off to war, who Lonnie was so proud of. He was so proud that he was serving this country. So proud. And Corey decided to come back and bring one of his friends, who ultimately married Amber. <laughs> Jim, Lonnie loves you. Lonnie's always loved you, just like he loves his daughter. Amber, he loves you, he loves your children. And I've heard lots of stories, lots of stories, all good. I knew, oh, Travis has a big smile on his face, he knows he's next to I knew um, Lonnie was what, um, so excited that Angelina was in his life, in his life. And how it made, how she made Travis feel. Yeah, your father loves you too. And uh, he's gonna know your children before you do, I think. Plus that Lonnie, I think he's here. He's saying get busy. Monica, his little sweetheart, his little caboose, Mary and Matthew. Matthew brings a wonderful dimension to the family also. Welcome. He loves you so much as well. He loves all of his children. But while I was sitting in the truck, usually driving, Lonnie talking, Lonnie always talking to me. <laughs> His stories go on and on and on. But you know what? They're exciting every time you hear them. I knew that he loved you. And I know the true story about your courtship and how he asked you to get married. And it's a little bit different than yours. <laughs> but his story is better, aren't you? <laughs> how he has always loved this family. I feel very fortunate because there were lots and lots of times when we spent time together. And you were who he was talking about. You know, he would always say, going well, we went hunting lots of times, but not very often did we ever go on a getting trip. Fishing was usually catch and release. But, um, no, the stories have always been great. Last night when I was trying to put some thoughts together, I asked three of my children what their memories of Lonnie were. And they came up with lots of different things. But you know what? Um, the thing that um, Sandia, Nicolin, and Brinley said last night was, whenever I was with Lonnie, they never had to worry. Uh, I don't think Bonnie can say that about Lonnie going with me. <laughs> but it brought peace to my children, knowing where I was. Uh, they, they knew that lots of times, well, like you guys know, lots of times I'll come up to the line and sometimes kick it. Lonnie would keep me from crossing over the line. And it was, it was a pleasure being with him so many times. People always enjoyed being around Lonnie. It made people happy. It made, made me happy. There were several times when Lonnie, you know, it was mentioned by Jim that, that uh, Lonnie's grandparents raised him. There were lots of times that Lonnie could feel the influences of his grandparents. 
the, the gentle hand of his grandfather on his shoulder. His, his hand wasn't shaking anymore. He could feel the presence of his grandmother several times. And why is that? Because I, I believe that one of the things that we will be charged with after we leave this life that Lonnie has done, that his grandparents did before, beforehand, was they were chosen to be, if you will, guardian angels, to watch over his two unraised boys still. I believe that there are others that are chosen to be guardian angels, if you will. And I want to talk to the parents of, of his grandchildren right now. Because this goes on. And if our Lord was to give an assignment, the longing would be to be a guardian angel over each and every one of you. Because there's nobody that knows you more, nobody that loves you more. I go through guardian angels. I believe that they're there to help make, make right choices, to help guide us through our lives. And it would give Lonnie a lot of joy to, um, to, to be there guiding his posterity as well. It's no longer Lonnie getting the long ball anymore. He doesn't make touchdowns. It's the grandchildren that he's also excited about. And that goes on with, with uh, fishing. He would have rather have his boys catch fish and his grandsons catch fish than Lonnie. It's just the way Lonnie was. But between Lonnie and I, there was always a battle. It's another story. Um, I'm excited for the, for the future with Lonnie. I'm excited to have known Lonnie. Camp, camping is in the Devaney blood. You guys are all going to be up um, camping up on top of the gentry, other places. Hope I can get invited to a couple of those and, and the Green River again, where I've spent so many days with them. But as we're sitting around the campfire, as we're telling the, the stories that Lonnie always used to, nobody's going to tell them as good as Lonnie, but the stories are still there. We all know them. But as we're staring into the campfire, May we pause. <laughs> pause for a minute so we can feel his presence. So we can just listen to what he has to tell us. And I think that as our guardian angels and nobody that loves us more, he'll be whispering to our ear, in our ears. So. Listen for those impressions, because they're going to come. They're going to come. The last few weeks have taught me, taught me a lot as well. Just, uh, Lonnie seemed to be a different guy. Never, never in the 40 years um, that I've known has he told me that, that he, he loves me. And when he finally did, while he was in ICU, I didn't know how to respond. I, so I went home and I thought about it and I thought about it. And I realized that over the... Last 40 years? Come on. 
<laughs> I never said that either. So the next day I had to tell him, Lonnie, I love you too. And you think about this, what has happened with Lonnie's passing? And he has been gathering all of us together. Never have I heard so many I love you's from his family, from his dear wife. Never. It's a wonderful thing we can express ourselves. Keep on doing it. That's what Lonnie wants. <coughs> Live life to the fullest. And nobody's going to be there to help us. I am honored that about 40 years ago that Lonnie reached out to me to be one of his friends. Um, I let her know because of that. So I just want to say love you, Lonnie. Oh, look at this beautiful casket. Ah, his trade isn't dying with him. Look at what he's passed on to his children, his, his, um, his sons and son-in-laws and closest friends. What a tribute to be passing him on. We love you, Lonnie. And I, if I may, would like to end these thoughts. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Tell your friends you love them. Don't be afraid to express it. Welcome each other into your lives, into your homes. Go fishing. And on that note, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>